Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 33. I am Matt O'Leary here on Long Island, and I am joined by Mitch Anderson, who, of course, is up in Ottawa. Mitch, to start off the show, just like every other episode, we're on episode number 33. What edition is it? I'm going with uh, former New York Islander, not for very long, but still, and current Habs general manager, Marc Bergevin. Okay. All right, that's a little bit of a different one. I was expecting maybe Christopher Gibson because he's currently on the team. Um, maybe you would have went with Benoit Hogue. That's a pretty good one. Oh, I should have gone with Hogue because I, I'm playing NHL Stanley Cup, and so they have numbers for players. And I, I'm used. I'm doing a season as the Islanders. Okay, and the only two players I know on the team are 77 Pierre Turgeon and 33 Benoit Hogue. There we go. Or Hogue, sorry. So, yeah, I could have, should have got that one. That's okay. So it's not like any Islanders legends like we're missing, like what happened on episode twenty two and twenty three. Islanders legend Benoit Hogue. First things, I don't know what, but still. Okay, I guess <laughs> we gotta. I, I got nothing. We gotta got define what legend actually means, and then we could take that. Nonetheless, we digress. Yeah. And let's get into the New York Because he's immortalized stuff. in a Super Nintendo hockey game. All right, that, If that's not the barometer for legendary status, I don't know what is. True, because everyone still plays Nintendo. <laughs> so no one... Uh, so nobody under the age of, what, 30 knows that game, probably? Ouch. Yeah, probably. It's a, it's a terrible... In terms of hockey games, it's probably one of the worst, and that's including like regular Nintendo games, whereas it was one or one D or two D if you want to if you want to do it. This is more three D type thing. The camera swivels; it's nauseating at best. Nauseating at best. There we go. So when it, whenever the puck um, changes possession from team to team, the camera will switch three hundred sixty degrees or one hundred eighty degrees. Oh, that's terrible. I don't like that at all. So if there's a quick. One, you know, back and forth, like two or three times, the camera's flipping oh, <laughs> three or four god. times. Oh god! Oh god! Just justify! Oh my god! Yeah, I feel like I'd be on a roller coaster and just like projectile vomit everywhere after that. <laughs> 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 that sounds like zero fun. Yep. So speaking of zero fun, the New York Islanders in their last three games are one and two. <laughs> what a transition that was! One and two. <laughs> Spit hot chocolate all over my keyboard. Two losses, and they almost blew last night's game as we're recording this on Wednesday night. Mitch, what are some of your biggest takeaways from the last three? Um, the Islanders are playing with pride, and that's still not enough to win. Yeah, I mean, they looked decent for most of yesterday, I would say, and then like everything fell apart in the third period. They were lucky to come away with that win. Oh my God! Did they fall apart? In the th- they, 
absolutely dominated the second period. And in the third, they just decided they didn't feel like playing. They played fine. They were okay. It just, for some reason, I don't know why, they just let up goal after goal after goal. Like, the Flyers were all over them. Maybe not all over them, but they're just scoring, it seemed, seemingly at will. The Islanders made one little mistake, boom, back of the net. You're going, what is happening here? Yeah, it did. But it definitely, you could sense the momentum change from the second period into the third, and it was almost enough to blow a three goal lead. Well, they did blow it because they came back and tied it, but luckily, Matt Barzell, who that's my biggest takeaway that I want to talk about from the last three games, Matt Barzell gave the Islanders a lead. He now has 82 points in 80 games, so he's locked in, guaranteed to be at a point per game player this year, no matter what happens the next two games. Right. Amazing stuff. I If you're going to have one silver lining of this season, it's that Matt Barzell is this good this fast. Yeah, for sure. I like easily 82 points in 80 games. He's already over a point per game player. Um, can we say the Islanders finished second in the 2015 NHL draft? Is that fair to say, or is that going too far? Am I not giving enough credit to Jack Eichel? Um... No, right? I, like, no, I think you're clearly fair. Clearly, the, the Oilers won that draft because they got Connor McDavid easily. Yeah, well, are we basing this just off first-rounders or entire complete drafts? Because this is a whole other conversation. But if you're just focusing on the first round alone, I think you could make the case for Barzell over Eichel. Well, are there any, like, Henrik Zetterberg sitting in the sixth round of the 2015 NHL draft that you know of that are destroying the league? I don't I don't know. I haven't looked at it, Mitch. I'm just not going to spill nonsense on the airwaves <laughs> because I want to agree with you. I don't know. I'm sure of it. I, there might be eventually some Henrik Zetterberg, Sergei Fedorov, Nick Lindstrom-type player that comes out of the fifth or sixth round to be like, hey, I'm a generational player. You guys passed over me six times. Maybe that might happen. I doubt it. The scouting nowadays is a lot better, and we're not discrediting people from Russia just because they're from Russia, although we kind of are just a little bit. What about the other Sebastian um, Ajo in round two? Like, see, we're not, like, these are things we aren't thinking of. Sure, but would you say at this point that that's a steal of a deal? In the Matthew Barzell at 16 is a steal of a deal. Yeah. Especially considering... We moved up five spots ostensibly in that draft. No, you're right. You're definitely right. I would put it... Eichel's definitely one. Uh, Mitch Marner's got to be up there, too. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But again, Mitch Marner was drafted, what, fourth overall? Wasn't it... Uh, it was Connor, Eichel... Connor. McDavid, Eichel... Uh, Strom, mm-hmm. Dylan Strom, and then I'm pretty sure it's Mitch Marner, fourth or fifth. Fourth, you're right. This And then Matthew Barzell, 16th, and Boston had three picks, and they didn't take him. Sure enough, they picked Jack, or Jake DeBrusque, who's playing in the NHL right now, but he ain't no Matthew Barzell. No. And again, he wasn't our pick. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, that's okay. Uh, I'm just looking back at, on this first round, so if you want to keep it just first round, I would... I think you mm-hmm. can make the case that the Islanders had the second best one. Because keep in mind, you also got Beauvillier in That's the first true. round of that exactly. draft. So I'm saying... 20 goals scorer, Anthony Beauvillier. So I think I'm going Edmonton one because McDavid is just on another level. Yeah, of course. And then Islanders, Buffalo three, Toronto four. Sure. 
Yeah, and like I can hear an argument to move like the Islanders within two to four range, maybe even five. Sure, because again, like like you you keep saying, we haven't studied this, and I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Um, but I can definitely hear an argument: the Islanders are are no question within the top five, absolutely of of, of the draft, even though they picked 16th and 28th. Yeah, which I mean, those aren't usually prime time picking. No, so like the, their first round picks, they should be NHL players, but. What that means exactly, who knows? Yeah, and I'm glad that we you brought this up because another player I wanted to talk about is mm-hmm. Anthony Beauvillier, who has really turned into his season around and is having a fantastic wow. year. Now has over 20 goals, which I think if you told me Anthony Beauvillier was going to score 20 goals after he was sent down to Bridgeport this year, I'd have said you're absolutely nuts. But he's got uh, 20 goals, 15 assists, so 35 points in 69 games. He's he's killing it right now. He's, well, he's got four goals in the last four games. Yeah, in a row, like a goal per game. Right, and I think in five points in two games might be a little bit of a stretch for him, but he's going to finish in the high thirties of points, which I think is pretty productive for what I think he is—a third line player. Oh, he's no, he's a second line player now. Easily. You think so? Oh, well, look at him. He's on pace. For oh, what is it, fifty six points throughout the year? Of just after since he's been called up, you mean? That's right. Since he's got he's been called up, he's on pace for fifty six points. And that's a second line player, if not borderline first line player. Well, ba- on a good team, that's a second line player. Right. On the Islanders, that's a first line player. Based on that point production, I say yes, but I want him as my third line center. Ah, see, I kind of like him on the wing with Barzell right now. I wouldn't put him at the center unless you have to. And why would you? Honestly, I think that the Islanders' third-line center next year has to be Casey Zizekas. Oh, no, no, no. I don't well, like that at all. Well, listen, if Zizekas like is all. healthy, keep in mind, Zizekas put up a 29-point season not too long ago. Like the guy can put up thirty points. He's still a good power play player, or sorry, penalty killer. He's still good possession wise. He can get you okay points. He can get you okay production, and you know what you're getting out of him. And if you're going to pay him three point three five million dollars, put him on the third line because your fourth line should be a guy like Chris Wagner making maybe a million dollars. Oh man, I, he's got right. His career high in goals is 9. His career high in points is 29. Last year, he had 25 and 59 games. This year, he has 17 and 64 games. Yeah. Like, I, I, you're, you're just reading out the stat sheet, which is fine, but can we not say that Casey Zegas is a good center? He's good. Is he worth 3.35? I don't know. I don't think so. But if he's going to be paid that much, then let's put him in a position where he should be playing that kind okay. of minutes, where he should be trying to earn that kind of up, that, that kind of payroll. With my counterpoint to that is with that logic, wouldn't you put Andrew Ladd on the top line then? Because of how much we're paying yeah. him? Sure, but we've tried him there and it didn't work. We haven't necessarily tried Casey Zegas on the third line and it hasn't worked. All right, well, who, We've tried him and it hasn't been bad, so let's keep doing that. Who are his wingers then? Oh, obviously, Lad and whoever else is on the third line. Whatever, Hosang. Um, sure, put him. Put Hosang up there. Bellows. I know you guys are gonna, gonna hate it, and that's fair. Um, but 
to me, that seems like a logical step. And that's obviously assuming we get that Brock Nelson is no longer around. Oh, I'm having nightmares in my mind right now of a Andrew Ladd, Casey Zizekas, and Brock Nelson third line. <laughs> if, if we thought the Islanders third line couldn't get any worse, <laughs> that, that, that would be it. That would be. And, and it wouldn't be Casey's fault. Like, Casey would be lugging around Ladd and, well, maybe not Ladd to an extent, but, like, definitely Brock Nelson. Right. That's why I I want to revive Andrew Ladd, and that's why I want to put him on the second line. And then I'm giving Beauvillier. If I, okay, how about this? Different scenario. I know okay. we're going a little off the rails, but I think this is an interesting that's conversation. Fine. I what about this? You have Beauvillier as your third line left wing. You have Hosang as your third line right wing, and you pay someone like Tyler Bozak to be your third line center. Sure, I have no problems with that. It's just getting Bozak, and who are you fitting to replace that? Like, where where is that that Where's the movement to get him in the lineup? Nelson's not going to be there. Okay. Sure, fine, I guess. I still don't like Bo in the third. Listen, there's a there's clear chemistry going on with him and, and Barzal. Why break that up? Unless it doesn't work. Why break that up? I, I get that logic. I just... I, putting Ladd anywhere other than next to Barzal seems like it's just... he's You're going to get zero out of him. Yeah, but at what point do you bring Barzal down to bring up Lad? Yeah, you know what? That's fair. I think I think you're making fair points. I do. Uh, I could see why, and it's not a knock on him saying that I think he should be on the third line. The point here is he is producing like crazy recently, yes. and he's turning into, as I think you mentioned this week, a player the Islanders, a core player the Islanders should build around. That's why I keep him on that second line. Okay. But that, that's my call. I, could, I, I can hear your argument that, well, maybe if he's that good, give him his own line of his own. And I'm thinking, ah, sure, fine, I guess. But I'd rather have that connection with Barzal. You know, we can't have that many centers. I'd rather a more kind of offensive checking line on the third line uh, dominated by, by Casey Zekas. Maybe not dominated. That's, that's, that was the wrong word. But centered by Casey Zekas. That, that seems to me like, like a, a good compromise, but... Heck, if we want an all-out third third scoring line, sure. But I just I don't know if Bo can carry it on his own. Okay, I think that's fair. I definitely think those are fair points. Anything else on the Islanders' last three games? Um, the, obviously the defense isn't any better. No. Um, but did we really think that that would be sorted out with three games? Um, there's going to be some some big soul searching. I guess is the word I want to use to figure out what the heck is going on with the, de- the defense because they shouldn't be this bad. It's it's essentially the same lineup as we had last year, obviously minus Travis Hamannick, but was Travis Hamannick really the glue that was keeping this all together? No, and he was hurt for a good portion of last year too. Or every year he was hurt. So, like, it wasn't it wasn't Hamannick. What is it? Is it Hamannick and Dehan? Okay, I can kind of see that, um, but they, those are those are players that are replaceable, or seem to be replaceable. Like you should be able to find that skill somewhere else in the NHL. Yeah, you would think or so. Even when your organization, you would think so. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Another thing we saw in the Islanders' last three games was John Tavares showing a lot of emotion. Not every day you're going to see John Tavares run somebody over like he did against Toronto. (laughs) Mitch, I jumped out of my seat. I thought that was the best thing I saw that night. Oh, it's the best thing I saw in a couple of weeks. Right? I was not expecting that kind of physicality out of John Tavares. And then last night... After the Flyers' loss, he was mixing in a little bit. I mean, he wasn't throwing punches, but he was grappling uh, a little bit. Yeah, there there was some shenanigans going down, and he just kind of made sure that Gosses Behar doesn't get involved. That was really it. Do you think this means anything by Tavares showing some emotion? No, no. So I I read I read some of the comments, and I even wrote I wrote an article myself about it, saying like this this is much ado about nothing. He's he's frustrated clearly, and I think it's more an idea of I've lost out on time, and I'm tired of losing. Now, does that mean he leaves? I, I I'm sure maybe. Like I don't think it helps his cause of leaving, and I don't think it hint or what's the word I want to use. I don't think it it, it helps his decision either way, either to stay or go. No, probably not. I don't think it does. I think it's a positive sign, though, that he's showing emotion. It's showing that he still cares. I guess. Did we really think he was going to just not care? It just doesn't seem like something he would do. No, to me, no. I I agree with you. But a lot of people, I think, have gotten on his case for like some of his post game stuff. Oh my God! There's one person on Twitter. I can't stand it. It just—he's a terrible. Please defend. I can't wait for him to leave. Oh my God! I hate him. Like, can you please? Like, seriously, this is the hill you're going to die on that you think John Tavares needs to leave. Honestly, people need to check themselves before they wreck themselves. Like, that's, it's just, come on. I understand we're in a hot take society, but that's not even a hot take. That's just a stupid opinion. Can we put that on a t-shirt? That's not a hot take. That's a stupid opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I love that quote. (laughs) Uh. Um, Like, I... He's not perfect. Sure, no player is. There's not a single perfect player out there. Like, there's people in Edmonton that hate on McDavid because his team isn't in the playoffs, even though he scored 103 points this year and 100 points last year. Um, he got he got better than he was last year, however possible that is. Um, so, like, whatever with Tavares. I, I, I'm sorry, not whatever. I, whatever with the, the comments that we don't need Tavares. That's not true. This is just not true. Could we use a Sidney Crosby instead of Tavares? Sure, I guess. But that's like saying, I don't know. It's, some, it's like saying something stupid. I'd rather have an ounce of gold. Oh, sorry, 1.5 ounces of gold than an ounce. Obviously. Obviously, you'd rather have more than what you have right now. That makes a lot of sense. But you can't just do no, that. No, but you could still that get by with happen. the ounce. Well, exactly. But our, our problem right now is that, well, we have Barzell, so we'll be fine. Well, hold the phone a second here, like we've said a million times already. We've been in this situation before where we have a superstar player putting up a ton of points alone, by himself, and that hasn't worked. Because that doesn't work in the NHL. It's not the NBA where you need three superstars. Obviously, three would help, but you need at least two superstars on your team to do some damage in this league. Yeah, I mean, look at Taylor Hall I look and the point drop-off after that. Like, yeah. yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs this year, but do you really see them going deep? Probably not. Mm-mm. No. No. Like, at a certain point, Taylor Hall's going to have to run out of gas. Right. That's the thing. And then when everyone gets on Tavares, we're going cold for a week. Like, if if, 
if Tavares leaves and then Barzell gets cold, then what the heck is your offense going to look like? Yeah, like, sure, okay, fine, he went cold for a week. Well, that's a fact. Okay, what do you want? Well, he's awful. Can we please? Like, is, is that seriously the hill that you want to die on right now? Is that John Tavares didn't produce for a week, so he's terrible? Or he's not one of the best players in the world? No, we knew that. He's top 10 at best. Yeah, he's still going to produce at over a point per game this year, so. Right, which is then already better than two-thirds of the NHL if he's a top 10 player. Yeah. Because two-thirds of them don't have a top 10 player. It might even be more than that because the Pittsburgh Penguins have two of them. Yeah. So, can we just... It's great having him. We need him. We need a player like him. Exactly, and I think everyone wants... Tavares to reset. Can we just wait and see? Like, everyone has, like, oh, Tavares is 100% staying. Oh, Tavares is leaving. What are the odds that he stays? Well, Can we just wait and see? I, well, that's the thing, is that we've been waiting so long that the anticipation is killing us. I, I understand that we scrutinize everything that he does in terms of will he stay or will he go. Because that's what we're worried about. That's our bottom line, is is he going to stay or not? Uh, or Well, some other people, it's Will he leave or not? Because they want him to leave rather than not. Than not. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything he does is going to be based off that because that's our bottom line. We want to know if he stays. Um, so when he's showing emotion like he's done recently or whenever he makes a comment, like what did he say to Andrew Gross or it's in a media scrum? It wasn't just Andrew Gross. Um, I hope it all works out. Right? Like what does that even mean? What does that even no, mean? No, he gives you nothing. Yeah, I hope it all works out. That is well within your power, John Tavares. You have your He-Man right now. You have the power to change that. I don't know if anyone's going to get that reference that I just made, but... What was it? I think it went over my head. Oh, God, Jesus. He-Man. I have the power. Oh, my... It's a cartoon from the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, I was anywhere between negative 10 and negative 5 years old, so... (laughs) Uh, I, I will post something on, on my Facebook about or on my Twitter about it, and then I'll, I'll link to Eyes on Isle so everyone can see by the power of Grayskull. And then he gets super jacked with his wicked sword and his battle cat, and lightning hits him, and he says, I have the power! It's amazing. It, it sounds it. He-Man is his name? Yeah, it was, all, it was a ploy to sell toys to kids. It was like oh, a Mattel I, cartoon. I've seen this guy before. This guy before. It was also a live action movie with Dolph Lundgren as the title character, He-Man. I've seen the, the skull face guy and the blue. He's a meme now. I know him. He's the meme guy. S- yes. Skeletor is his name. Skeletor. He's a good meme. <laughs> he's also a good cartoon villain. But sure. Anyways, on to Tavares. Um, everything that he says or does and anything that anything anywhere is all about Tavares right now because he's the hot commodity. And, and I wanted to bring up a comment about from a TSN analyst that I spoke about on another podcast that I do because I'm kind of tired of these these hot take artists um, who don't say anything wrong. They're just their words because they come from a where's the words I want to use because they're employed by let's say TSN or Sportsnet. Whenever they have some like faint opinion on something, it's taken a, as a gold standard, even though it's just some random opinion that is not substantiated by anything. So Gord Miller went on Montreal Radio and said, uh, if Tavares hits free agency, I think Montreal would be the top destination. And people from Montreal went nuts. Like, oh, he's coming. Gord Miller confirmed it. Montreal's at the top of his list. And you're like, well, hold, hold the phone a second here. He just said, I think. 
That's all he said, I think. I understand he has connections and he has the potential to get information, but he didn't reference that at all in the, in the statement. He didn't say, based off the sources I know, based off the information I gathered. He just says, I think. What does that even mean? And this is going to be a reoccurring thing when we talk about Tavares. What does that even mean? And, and something a little bit later on in the show. What does that even mean? Because I think, great, I think that the sky is blue. Or I think the sky is purple. Done. Awesome. Good job, people from Montreal. Now the sky is purple. Like, is, are they that gullible? Um, I guess so. And like, why would Tavares even, I'm, I'm just, it's like rhetorical questions here. I'm just yelling at myself, essentially. Uh, why would he even go to Montreal? Why? Mm, money. He can get the money in, in for, from the Islanders. Do you think the Islanders won't give him a blank check? I keep hearing, well, he's got Carey Price and Shea Weber. Who the heck cares? The Montreal had that last year, and that didn't do them any good. Just... Carey Price has half a groin. Shea Weber is 50 years old. Like, Great. He's 48, Mitch. Jeez, get it right. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Shay. Um, like, they're, they're fine players, but why does that make... Like, why would he then go to, to Montreal? My favorite was... And I, I... This is kind of in the social segment, but I'm bumping it up anyway. Is mm. Steve Simmons goes, would yeah. John Tavares like to play with Brock Besser? I would. I don't know. What about the Calder winner, Matt Barzell? Ever hear of him? You don't think you'd want to play with him? Like, hello, well, people... So- yeah, like that one made my head hurt because again, I don't know what he means. I don't know what he's trying to say. Is he trying to say that Brock Besser's a good player? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that that that's not even a question. That's a fact. Um, does John Tavares like to play with good players? Again, not a question. That's a fact. Who doesn't? Who's going to go out and say, I don't want to play with a good player? Give me a bunch of schlumps. I want to get out there with schlumps. Maybe Sidney Crosby, because whenever they get him a good winger, he can't make it work. But it doesn't matter. He's Sidney Crosby. So what is the statement? Would John Tavares like to play with Brock Besser? Question? I would. Well, of course you would, Steve Simmons. Who wouldn't? But are you trying to intimate that John Tavares should... Th- should go to Vancouver instead of the Islanders? Why in the H-E double hockey sticks would he ever do that? Anyone in their right mind would ever do that. Because they're going to clear $14 million of cap space with the Sedins retiring? Okay, sure, sure I suppose. But it's still Vancouver. <laughs> Why the heck would he do that? And like you said, he's got the Calder winning trophy player already on his team. Well, he hasn't won it yet, but he's going to win it. There's more upside in New York than there is in Vancouver. That's that's a guarantee. We, we like we can guarantee that, right? Yes. So like, why the heck would he do that? So what is Steve Simmons trying to say outside of not a hot take, just a stupid opinion? Oh, what is he trying to say? Uh... If I'm John Tavares, I should go to to Vancouver. What kind of idiot writes that? Obviously this one, but I don't get it. That's. I think that's the point. Like everyone is just like, oh, I could say I think John Tavares is going to, I don't know, San Jose. Does that mean now San Jose is the favorite? Like, there's people just run wild with these people's opinions, which is fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and it's not that they shouldn't say their opinions. I'd prefer if Steve Simmons came out and actually said what he's trying to intimate here. Like, I don't want to have to read between the lines and try to interpret because then you're going to come back and say, well, that's not what I actually meant. How about you just come out and say it? What did you mean? 
John Tavares should go play in Vancouver because Brock Besser's a good player. Okay, that's more of an opinion than what you wrote out here. This is just some like ridiculous question that we have to drink a bunch of tea to figure out how the tea leaves end and like look at my palms at the same time to try to figure out what the heck you were trying to say. It makes me mad, but I, I and they're entitled to do it, and it's kind of on... No, I'm not going to say it because it's not true. I don't want to go down that road. It's just, I get it. I just don't enjoy people then using that as law, saying, oh, he's coming to Vancouver. Awesome. That is not what is being said here whatsoever. He's just mouthing off saying random opinions because it suits him. Let's just not give that any credence outside of just it's some guy's opinion. Yeah. Um, I think you just preached right there. That was fantastic stuff. I got on the stump, eh? You did a little bit. It was good. That's why I kind of just sat back and and let you go. (laughs) Okay. Did you get everything off your chest? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just going to keep coming. It's just going to get me madder. Like everyone else. Uh, It's not like I am the maddest man in the world. We are all mad because we don't know the the end game here. Is Tavares going or is he staying? We have no idea. No, and no one knows. Wanna since we're on the topic of mad, do you wanna continue to be mad? Yeah, let's get you all riled up. Oh boy, this is a good one. All right, so at this point we know Garth Garth Snow hasn't worked out, but this you might not know. It certainly came to a, a surprise to me. Garth Snow's win percentage. All right, so I guess more specifically, the Islanders' win percentage while Garth Snow's been the GM. Compared to every other team in the NHL over that time, only three teams have a lower win percentage than the Islanders over that span. Three. It is Buffalo, Edmonton, and Arizona. That makes sense. And Toronto just passed Islanders last week. Thank you, Eric Hornick, for the stat. That is wild. Can you imagine being the fourth worst employee at your company and having <laughs> staying in your position for almost a decade and a half? Uh, that's kind of insane. It, well, like the numbers quantify something we've already known. We just didn't have... The proof, right? The proof wasn't in the pudding yet. Um, but that's it's very clear now that, oh boy, that's terrible. Oh, my God, that's bad. And he's, he's likely going to keep his job next year. <sighs> Why? Why? This is Well, insane. that's the thing, because no one's there to fire him. And, and when I say no one's there, it's not to say that Ledecky and Malkin aren't around. It's that they're clearly not interested in management change right now. They have bigger fish to fry, I think. Are you talking like arena stuff? Yes. So, for I'm not saying that's more important. I just think that that might be on their their list of things that to do, and they're looking at GM going like, ah, we can we can work around that. This is ridiculous. They're doing such a disservice. If Garth Snow is back next year, this is such a slap in the face to every single Islanders fan. It's basically saying we don't care about winning or building a good product or putting a competitive team out there. It's saying all we care about is the real estate and getting our property developed. So, well, like, okay, what what makes you think they're going to fire him? And I keep coming back to this. What makes you think he's going to be fired? Because he's bad at his job. Right, but he was bad at his job last year. I, he was bad at his job like three Doug years ago. Wait, like, Doug Waite saved him last year. The year before that, the Islanders won 
a playoff round, so you couldn't fire him after that. So the last two years, as like we can go back each and every year for a while, but mm-hmm. there's usually an excuse for keeping him. This year, there is no excuse. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They were even worse this year. There's clearly lack of talent in certain key areas of the team. Yes, I will give Garth credit in this situation. Some of this team is good. Trading Ryan yep. Strone for Jordan Eberle, good. I, I'm not going to say every single thing Garth Snow has done is awful and the worst, but he has done more bad than good, and his time is long run out. How much longer can you stick with this guy if you know the cap that he has built is essentially a wild card team? Yep, okay. Uh, I uh, Stumbling here, but you can't convince me that the team is going to fire him this year. And it's, it's not because I, I don't agree. It's not because I disagree with you, and I think he should stay. It's they haven't shown me, and I've said this before. They haven't shown me that they're willing to do so, right? Like halfway through the year should have been the barometer to be like they're not making the playoffs. Like we knew a long time ago they weren't making the playoffs. We held hope, but you know mathematically it just didn't seem possible, right? And it got, and it kept getting worse. That's when you do it. Because you're going, well, let's just do it throughout the season. We're not making it anyways. Let's just do it. We'll talk to Tavares. It gives this new guy coming into the job months to discuss with, with Tavares what to do. Yeah. Why not? And they, they didn't do that. Clearly, I just I just don't see it. It's not that it's not possible, and it's not that there's no justification for firing him. There's plenty of it. But it doesn't seem like they're really like ready to scratch that itch. And, and maybe they're just playing their hands really, really, really close to their chest, and that's why they haven't said anything, because you know maybe after the season, day one, Garth is out. And maybe what that's what Tavares is waiting for as well. Well, I doubt it, but... Two things. Yes. First, based on what you just said, I think we will know the future of Garth Snow if he speaks or not when the Islanders clear out the the room on Sunday. Right. I th- If he speaks to the media, I think he's back. If he's unavailable to the media that day, I think he's gone. I think that's when we'll know. Okay. Secondly, when you mentioned firing Garcino in the middle of the season, it made me think of this. Last year, when Jack Capuano was let go, were you expecting Cappy to be fired at that time? Um... No, because they just won against Boston, right? They shut up yeah, Boston. It came I feel like with this organization they do things when people aren't necessarily expecting it to happen. Um well so we were when it comes to the Capuano thing, we weren't expecting it. We were because we've been calling for it for a long time, but we weren't expecting it because they had just won. But then when you look at it, it makes sense why they did it when they did it. Right, the win against Boston was on the road. It was after a road trip, or it was at the end of a road trip. So they were coming back. So they didn't they didn't do the pull Florida Panthers and fire them while they were on the road. Yeah, and it was also at the halfway mark, or as close to the halfway mark as they can, while Cappy was in New York. So the boss the Boston game was literally at the, the halfway mark of the season. I think it was game forty one. So if they fired him the, the, the day before, then they had there's more. Anyways, there was game forty one. Uh, and, the, and it was on the road, so they weren't going to fire him before the halfway point of the season, and they weren't going to fire him if they were if he was on the road because it's just not a classy thing to do. No, I guess my point is on that day, 
Did you expect yeah. Jack Capuano to be fired? No, clearly not. Right. But they did it. Right. So, the, but sorry, Garth did it. That's uh, not a Ledecky call, right? That's a Garth call. That is a Garth call. I don't know. You got to think Ledecky has tried to preach this whole that he's locked into with this fan base and he cares what the fans think. If he did, I he should have been paying attention for the last few months and really <laughs> seen this hate towards Garth. I'm sure he's seen the billboards. Hopefully he has, and hopefully he's seen all the tweets and everything else and kept up tabs, but it's bad. It's real bad. But it's not like it's... It's getting worse, for sure. But I, I don't know. I'm... I'm I, I I want him to be fired, I, but I don't think he will be. I, I really don't see it. So you think... I really don't. If you had... You're a betting man. If you had to place a bet, I would am. you put your money on both Doug Waite and Jack... Uh, Jack Capuano and Garth Snow being in the same position next year on opening night? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, fantastic. I'd give it like a, a minus 180. Okay. Like pretty good, like pretty good NHL odds that they'd be there. That's depressing. Yeah. I want to move on to a long topic of the week. Yeah, maybe not as depressing, but kind of depressing. Kind of. Not really. It depends on your outlook on it. There's definitely some shade thrown. So Josh Hosang, friend of the program, had some comments of about how he was treated this year and about the organization in general. You've definitely seen him by now. It's taken the internet by storm. A lot of people are on the fence on this. Some people either love it. They're saying, like, uh, good for Joshua Sank for speaking out. And other people were like, this is just another thing with him. Get him shut up. Get him out of here. Which side of the fence do you fall on? Oh, I think we already know the answer to that. I'm clearly pro-Hosang. Me too. Okay. And, and there's a few. I was pro-Hosang beforehand. This just kind of galvanized it. So I, I wrote something, and I broke down the four truths that he has in the, in, in the statements that he made to Arthur Staple. Uh, and I want to go through them one by one, and let, let's kind of banter them back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one I called, they sent me down for what? So Hosang's quote that I'm using for truth number one is, but I got sent down for defense. And what are they in goals against in the NHL? Question mark. I only played 22 games up this up there this year. I don't think it's my fault. Uh, he's not wrong. Yeah. What are they in, in goals against? Dead last. Yeah, worse than the league. By like a healthy margin. Yeah, and I get... I guess I understand where the, some of the older fans and the people who, who are old school um, don't like these comments. They said he should have kept them to himself, but sure. he – I don't know. He he has every right to say it, and I like that he speaks his mind and that he shows a personality. I don't I don't know. I just – he's 100% right. It, it, it did seem like the Islanders tried to point the blame on him, and it, it – it's wild that he never got another shot. It's you would think that after they sent him down with the team struggling so much, why not call him back up and give him a shot? And he never got it. So I, I think there, there's more to it than just these comments. Um, I just don't think they like his attitude. I really don't like. He's he seems he doesn't seem like the guy who answers well to old school criticism. Yeah, but then why'd you draft him? You knew what you were getting from him. 
Well, they thought they could mold him, right? They thought they could tame the wild horse. Um, which you can. It just it takes a different approach. It may not be the one you like, but like that might be what works. Like sending him down. Like it clearly worked for Beauvillier. Sending him down clearly, clearly, clearly worked. One thousand percent. And that happens, but it doesn't always work for some players. Um, So sending him down, I don't think was, like he's pointing out here, for defense. Because what are you going to teach him in the AHL that you can't teach him in the NHL when it comes to defense? Exactly. If you're really worried about the defensive side of the game, stick him on the fourth line. We'll still hate you for it. We're still not going to like it, but you kind of still keep him in the lineup so that you can put him out on that power play. Right, and at least with that, like, we do it for what? three, four games, then you say, okay, you're back up on the third line or second line, wherever you yeah. want to put them. And look, Barzell gives up maybe not as many, a, a fewer t- uh, giveaways than, than Hosang did. I think Hosang was just over one, uh, one a game, and Barzell is just under that. But did you not see the play against Philadelphia the other night where Goss's Beher was in his own zone, and Barzell just kind of flew right by and like, oh, my stick is there. No, you went by me, that's fine. And he... Goss's bear just went like, really? No one's going to back check me here? All right, I'm just going to go right up the gut. And he made a play and he scored. That is a terrible defensive play. Barzell is still around and he shouldn't. Barzell should not be sent to the minors by any stretch of the imagination. But he's still got something to learn defensively is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. He's made a couple poor decisions, especially defensively. Even lately, I've noticed it too a little bit. But that's fine. Like there's going to be growing pains as a rookie. Let him work that out at the NHL level. That's what we've both been preaching all year long. Right. Which then brings us into uh, truth number two, which I've termed short rope. And it plays into what we just already said, where Hosang says, but I do think a lot of the stuff was unwarranted, especially in terms of the rope that other people were given. I understand I have a history and that might be a factor. I don't know, but it's frustrating to me. Fair. It's like, yeah, hashtag fair for short. Jason Chimera, Andrew Ladd, Brock Nelson. (laughs) <laughs> and like these guys aren't they're not going to be sent down to the AHL they're just not unfortunately they're, they're, they're just not no but we couldn't even get them scratched well that's a problem um, but, but that's what he's trying to that's what he's identifying here is that it's my history that's leading them to make these decisions and it's it's I, I, I can't deny it I, no one has said it obviously that that's the case and like even Doug Wade came out and said like that's not what we're doing that's clearly what, what's going on here it's clear it's clear as day um, it's wrong but that's just what, how, how the Islanders operate like we have a certain set of ways that we want our players to act and, and react and we have a certain uh, policy when it comes to um, not discipline but conformity and how we get players to conform to the, the ways that we want them to play and sending them to the AHL is one. You don't answer. You you don't answer in the way that we want you to answer. Well, too bad you're going to stay there until you're you're done. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because uh, again, it worked for Beauvillier. That policy works for certain players. It doesn't work all the time. And it, it's, we're not in the 1950s where that's it. That's all. No, you have to cater because you're losing out on not a generational talent. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Hosang's probably going to be a 60, at best, 70-point player in the NHL, which is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's not Brazil, but it's 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 fantastic to have. Um, and you're going to let that go because he's not conforming to your policies on how to react to discipline? Yeah, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. 
I love that one. That Thank was great. You. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> like, and, and he's not getting. He, he's obviously not willing to change. It's too. It's too. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Like immovable objects exerting equal force on each other, where they're just kind of like butting heads and they're not ready to budge either side. Hosang's stubborn. The Islanders are stubborn, and we're stuck in between. Yeah. It's frustrating. Which. Which then brings us into what's, what, what we're getting in between or what we're not getting is the help that Hosang can bring. The help at least offensively. So which is truth number two? I can help. Or sorry, truth number three. I can help. I feel like I can help, you know? I feel like I can help, he says again. He told The Athletic on Tuesday after the Sound Tigers practice. When I've gotten the chance to help, I've helped. So I don't feel like what I'm saying is so far-fetched. No, not at all. And the crazy thing, I, I'm going to bring up his stats right now he put up more points this year than he did last year everyone preached how how good he was and they were riding his tails in 2016-17 he had 10 points four goals six assists in those 21 games in 2016-17 and then yes this year in 22 games he had 12 points it was two goals and 10 assists but he was still the offensive playmaker i Mm -hmm. maybe he wasn't as good defensively I this year. Fine, sure. sure yeah. But let him work that out at this level because taking that kind of point production out of your lineup to me is just crazy. Well, thankfully, the Islanders, what, that wasn't a big worry for them. Yeah. It was defense, but like, was Hosang going to make it worse? Maybe, but like, you're already terrible. So... He wasn't making your already terrible situation any any that much worse. It was, if anything, it was going to be marginally worse, or maybe better. Maybe he learns and he makes it better. Maybe who knows? Right. Um, but like his 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 argument that I can help is obviously yeah. He didn't play a lot, but if you look at his Wowie charts, so if you does anyone know what Wowie is? This is rhetorical because obviously you're the only one who can hear me. I was talk. like, am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Wowie is with or without you. So it's a chart that shows the effectiveness of a player on the players around him when he's on the ice and when he's off the ice. So how those players are when that other player is gone. So for the Hosang Wowie chart, it's how good are the players around Hosang when Hosang is on the ice and how good are those same players when Hosang isn't on the ice. And the difference is staggering. So he, from when, when, sorry, when Hosang is on the ice with Beauvillier, he only had enough time with Beauvillier and, and Nelson to be measurable. When he was on the ice with Beauvillier, he went from a good player to when he was not on the ice with Beauvillier. If Beauvillier was just a fun player, which he's, it, it's not good. It's, yeah. it's not good. You want to be a good player. Um, and, and same thing with um, Brock Nelson. He went from dull, so still okay, just not great, to bad. And then when you look at the Wowie chart, so you can get the Wowie charts on Hockey Viz, like the, the level, the movement is crazy. Yeah. So he was making the players around him better. He was also producing, and, and they were winning. They're a 29-19-5 record with Hosang on, on their team in both seasons. 29-19-5, or 1.18 points per game. So you do that over an 82-game season. I didn't do the math yet. I'm going to do it right now. 1.18 times 82. That's a 96-point season. There you go. With Hosang on the team, actually ninety-seven when you round up, it was ninety-six point seven six. 
And I, I didn't want to go that far and say if you keep on saying you make the playoffs, because probably not with the defensive issues that this, this entire team has. But he was clearly helping. They were winning when he was on the team. Right, but wouldn't you rather miss the playoffs with Josh Hosang in the lineup than someone like Tanner Fritz, who you know isn't going to be a long-term solution to this team? I would. Yeah. You would. The Islanders clearly don't because it, it, it calls back to that policy on what I'm, ter- what I'm terming discipline. Is He's not conforming to the way they want him to play, so they're going to discipline him by sending him to the AHL, and that's not working either. Where someone like Tanner Fritz would respond to that de-incentive or slash incentivization program that they have. We'll call you up because you do what we want you to do. And he does. Like Look at the takeaways that, that Tanner Fritz has. He is less than 10 on the season. Yeah. That's great. He's not putting up any points, though. Sorry, he's got three goals and maybe like an assist or two. Yay. In like 20 games, maybe less or more, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, not anything to write home about, that's for sure. No, exactly. So, which then brings us to the last point, which is accountability. What's that? (laughs) Where Hosang says, there were some comments about me when I wasn't in the NHL, so I wasn't affecting the team. But they were focused on my defense and my turnovers when, look, if you're going to send me down because of defense, it'd be nice to see other people held accountable. That's all. Fair. Also, we talked about that a little bit early on with saying like scratching Chimera, Ladd, or Nelson. Perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Like, he drops truth bomb after truth bomb after truth bomb. I, I agree that this is not what you want to hear from your prospect in the AHL that you're trying to effectively discipline and get him to conform to your way. This isn't what you want to hear. Um, and you'd rather hear it to your face rather than read it through the athletic. Um, but he's not wrong. Right. And that, 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 doesn't make his, that doesn't change the fact in the eyes of the Islanders. Like, this is not going to help him at all. Like, if Hosang is on the team next year, I'll be surprised based off these comments. I'm. I think I'm with you, and I'm really sad about that because you know how high I am on him. I think yeah. he should be a part. Man, I see, I would kill for that third line that I always pitch. Well, I know, I know. What is it again? The Hosang, Bo, uh, and Bellows. Um, yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. It's com- the kid line. The combined cap hits under three million, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Less, less than a Sezikis. Yeah, less. That kind of production, what they could potentially combine. I know we're getting like way off the rails. I would say they could combine for a hundred and thirty points. Okay, like sure, maybe that's definitely crazy. One uh, one thirty divided by three, that's forty three points a player. Uh, I guess that's not. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for a third line. I think, but with the if your third line is those three. Yeah, I know. I, I'd have to see what the Islanders' defense is because I, I just don't trust that the Islanders can support a top nine of like 40-point players with the defense that they have. Because who's getting the puck to these forwards? Rasmus Dahlin. I, <laughs> yeah. dra- I did a draft simulation today. I know I'm way off the rails this episode, but I'm having a good time. Yeah. Islanders got the first and third picks in my simulation. I was fantastic. I was so excited. Yeah. I I don't see it happening. Like the, the odds are there and it happens. It just it only I I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. It only took me seven clicks to get there, but <laughs> the first couple they dropped back to like twelve and 
14, which were not so good, but... Yeah, whatever. It's anyway. it's house money at this point. It's house money we shouldn't be playing with because we should have used those picks for defense, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, that uh, is what uh, it is. story for another day. Yeah. I want to move on to the social segment and wrap this thing yeah, up. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah. So, Islanders Reddit. Funny, yeah. funny stuff. So, on Reddit, you can find entertaining things and... Under the Islanders subreddit, people decided to cope with the Islanders being so bad by talking about actual islands. And it was actually pretty <laughs> funny. Some of them were pretty good. Um, here's one. I'm surprised this hasn't been mentioned yet. Long Island, the place many of us call home, is both the longest island at 118 miles long and largest island by land at 1,214 square miles in the continent. Continental U.S. It's also the most populated island in the U.S. The population of seven million eight hundred sixty-nine thousand eight hundred twenty people. See, like you're learning things. This is good. Yeah, learned. I learned something on Reddit. I, when was the last time you could say that? I learn something on Reddit every day. Of value. Of value. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I, I. I know that they didn't start it. I think it was a Colorado Avalanche. That they started a subreddit that started doing like mountains, I think, and the islands just kind of like we got nothing better to talk about. Here's some islands, yeah. which I think is great. It's the, the the fan base trying to cope with the fact that like we don't know what the heck to do with ourselves. <laughs> this one was good. The island, this island has the world's biggest penalty box. It's Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That one I got it. A good one. Uh, then there's another island. There's one which was pretty good. This island produced Andrew McDonald, also known as a second and third round pick. Ooh, what island was that? Uh, wherever Andrew McDonald is from. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Geography <laughs> stuff, I think, Mitch. I have no idea. Uh, oh, Matt. Oh, boy. Do you know where Andrew McDonald is from? I have no idea where he's from. I'm going to look it up now. Nova but Scotia. you're the one who has a tweet. Okay, there you go. Nova Scotia's an island? Yes. More you know. <laughs> Not so far away from you. I didn't know Canada had islands. Wait, we have a bunch of islands. Did you not see the top part of our country, the Baffin Islands? I don't know, man. I mean, I know like Alaska. There's like an a giraffe-looking island. island. Oh yeah, there is a lot of islands. Wait, did you just say Alaska's an island? No, it's attached to Canada. It, I think of it as an island because on the maps, you don't, you've never seen a U.S. map. Or maybe you yeah, have. I've seen a U.S. You know map, how that, but it's, it's, it's like not... floating in like the upper left-hand corner? <laughs> yes, because it's not part of the continental I, I know, United States. I had a brain fart, Mitch. Kill me, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, there, on second look, there are a ton of islands in Canada. There's a ton of islands. So we have Nova Scotia's an island. Um, Prince Edward Island is an island. Okay. And that's its own province. Labrador is also... Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, Nova Scotia, Labrador. Labrador is not an island, but still. It's part of Nova Scotia-ish. Banks, Victoria. Yes, Victoria Islands off of Vancouver. So we have islands. We got a ton of islands. They're not as big. Well, they're they're kind of big. They're a lot bigger than than, than the Long Island that you got going on over there. They're not as populated. That's for sure. I was sure. gonna say, do they have that many people living there? No, that's like so. I think Canada's at maybe thirty five, thirty eight million people. Okay. 
which is 10% of the U.S. population. <laughs> All right. So not that many people there, probably. No. There, there are a million people that live in Ottawa. So that is one-seventh the amount of Long Island. That's right. Okay. No, it's not very big. No. We have a lot of land, not a lot of people. I'd prefer that, I think. There's a lot of traffic yeah. on Long Island, as you learn that's the hard true. way. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, uh, the last thing I had for the social... The last thing. The only and last thing I had for the social segment is just... Uh, I saw a tweet out there about uh, where top free agents, like you unrestricted free agents, are going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, someone's random opinion. It's not a verified or connected person. It's at Sherback38, so they're not even an Islanders follower. And they say Tavares is going to the Habs. Absurd. Like, ridiculous. We already talked about why that's stupid. Um, Carlson, so uh, not Eric, but... Um, John. That's right. Um, from Washington is coming to the Islanders. Love it. Meh. I have fine, I guess. Like, if we don't have Tavares, then great. Like, that's, that doesn't really... Anyways. Uh, Van Rien dies to the Oilers. Statsny to Carolina. Kovalchuk to Sabres. That's the one that I really want to focus on. Oh, God. Why would Kovalchuk come back? Well, he wants to come back. Why would the Buffalo Sabres take Kovalchuk? I don't see that happening at all. I feel like it's either going to be the Devils or Rangers. The Devils aren't taking him. They're not taking him. I can see the Rangers taking him. Yeah, the, rain, the, devils aren't the Rangers, even in a rebuild, they have to have that one guy way past his prime. <laughs> they, they already have Lundqvist, though. <laughs> Good. Also true. Yeah. I, I just don't see Tavares going to, to Montreal. No, no. I, no. I honestly see him as staying. Uh, and if, if we're picking up John Carlson to effectively like replace Tavares, I know he doesn't replace him in a positional swap, but to make our defense better, I would rather not. Okay. I think we can address our, our defensive issues without having to give up Tavares. Yeah, I agree. And if you're losing Tavares, I mean, I think Carlson is a very, very good defenseman, but I would want like a top five defenseman in the entire league if I have to give up John Tavares. Then I want the Eric Carlson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so. Carlson with a K, not with a C. <laughs> That's right. That's all I've got for this social segment. All right, so there we go. Another episode in the books. That went a little not as planned, but I thought we still had a great convo, and hopefully you were able to follow along with us. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. You get hockey talk and just me and Mitch's random thoughts, which what else could you possibly want in life? That's true. That's true. My wife doesn't want them, but you guys all get them. No, but that's why. Like, I, I have nobody to talk to. I don't want to talk to my girlfriend about this stuff. So me and Mitch just talk about a complete nonsense on the Islanders. It's a perfect, like, therapy session in a way. It's great. So thank you. Again, we never really say this enough, so we should say it. Like, thank you to everyone who listens each week. It really means a lot. Uh, the numbers are doing pretty well. So um, thank you for sticking up with some of our nonsense. Um, as always, make sure to go to the website for all your Islanders needs, eyesonisles.com. You can follow along with us on Twitter at eyesonislesfs. My personal Twitter is at MetalLearyNY. Mitch's is at TLO. Mitch, we both try and keep things updated, but I will have to warn you, you're probably going to see a lot of Casey Musgraves tweets coming from me because you just dropped a new album. Also, oh <laughs> we'll save that conversation for another day. Oh uh, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles for our Eyes on Isles uh, Facebook posts. Our, we tweet, uh, post articles. 
videos, gifts, pretty much anything you need to know on both the Facebook and the Twitter. So definitely follow along with us with us there. Mitch, another episode in the books. Very sad. We won't have any Islanders New York hockey after next week. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do during the summer, but we'll figure something out. Oh, uh, it's if you thought we were off the rails now, just wait to the summer. <laughs> just wait. You'll you'll learn all about my soccer love. My love for soccer. Liverpool won today. 3-0 against Manchester City in the Champions League quarterfinals. Ah, Let's ah. go. And that was talking soccer. Oh. <laughs> All right. This has been another edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll see you next week. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.